Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 124 and it's 2024. We're back and boy have we got exactly the same format for you. Hold on to your hats everyone. Uh, first bit of news for me, didn't get into the Marathon Areri ballot. That's the Snowden Marathon for you English noobs. Uh, there is a second ballot for the people that didn't accept the places from the first ballot. And there's loads of transfers. Like Apparently people transfer this all the time because it's a fucking hard marathon. Um, so hopefully I can get a place for it. But I will probably go and support anyway because it's a nice weekend away up in North Wales. Yay! <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was, I was like zoning out there because it's like first day. Oh, back. great. This is what, first day what a good back start. at work. Yeah. Uh, My yeah. first little bit of input, and Amy just zones me out. Great. Amazing. Great. I, ho- I hope you get to run it. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I'm really tempted by it when I see it. I think maybe one for next year when I'm not doing a load of ultras again. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, this is one that I was vague. Uh, I don't want to use the I word. You know, I hate it. But I think I did see it on TV and thought, oh, you know what? That does look really good. Mm. It, no, I mean, the race itself kind of looks awful because it's just got three horrendous hills in it. And it kind of goes weirdly off road for a few sections as well, which kind of catches people out. And it's it's a hard, hard marathon. I don't like marathons. But I still kind of want to go and do it just because I know loads of people that go and do it and really love it. So mm. hopefully I can get myself up to the uh, marathon array. Mm-hmm. Second bit of news for me: uh, Man versus horse is on. Stuart versus horse 2024 is going to happen, nice. and I'm going to beat those stupid, pampered, fancy horses. Yeah, you can give one like a kick for me. I don't, don't do that. I... <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I did my entry. It was uh, like 10 o'clock this morning. I was in there straight away, no messing about. Got my place in, and you know what? Really, what I really like about it as well. It's a race sponsored by peanut butter. And that, that can't be a bad thing, can it? That's not... Loved by humans and horses alike. The one thing that brings us together. Is that because when they used to do those old films, they'd put peanut butter under the horse's lip to make it talk? Yeah, it's all about Mr. Ed. That's Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mr. Ed, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is, is, that, is, is there the connection between horses and peanut butter and that's why the peanut butter is sponsoring them? Or is that just a coincidence? I think just horses like peanut butter. I don't know. What, do they actually like it? I assume so. Who doesn't like peanut butter? Yeah, I feel like horses, though, and horse people will tell you are very sensitive to certain things. I always see on local mm. Facebook groups, like, don't come and feed our horses carrots. It will kill them. And things like that. I'm like, fuck it hell. Did not know that. You know, when you're a kid and you take some carrots to a lo- the local horse, uh, <laughs> and it's just like a nice, wholesome thing. And nowadays, because of the wonders of Facebook, we say, I my horse is dead because somebody fed it a apple yeah there is there is a definite escalation in like this horse um signage as well now it used to be please don't feed the horse now the signs say if you feed this horse it will die because it is on medication do not come near or look at this horse because you will scare it to death i mean like it's it's so much more uh perilous than it used to be mm. horses are such snowflakes nowadays oh my god <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Just straight into 2024 well. with, the, with the horse banter again. For some reason. Don't even know why. Don't even not like horses that much. Anyway, um, let's get on to some annoying things. Some more annoying things about actual running this time. Now, Lee Wood is pointing out something that I now can't ignore. So hopefully I can annoy you all with it too. 
Every time you complete a run on Strava or import from your watch, the notification on Strava pops up to say, wow, nice work, go dive into those stats. Or another activity down, great work out there. Kudos to you, nice work, logging an activity. Way to go, kudos for another activity on the books. I'm like, fuck off Strava, just chill out. Ugh, no one wants that. I hate that. No, I, no, I hate, it's so, I, no offence to any... American listeners, but it's so American, isn't it? Good job out there. Well done. Like, nice work logging it. an activity. I mean, I know they, they probably yeah. have, it's easier to keep it vague because they don't want to say great mm. run and it was a ride or something because they can't be bothered to write riding or running specific ones. But imagine like mm. you get home from a run. Freya says, oh, nice work logging an activity, Amy. You'd be like, oh, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank it's such you. a normal thing say to that. say. <laughs> Not where have you been for two hours? Should you only going to be thirty minutes? Another activity okay, down. <laughs> yep, that's how I look at it. Just yeah, just tick it off. Yeah, I always find those cheesy things really cringy. That's why I don't look at it. <laughs> so bad. Anything for you uh, over the Christmas period that's, that's yes. annoyed you? Yes, of course there is. I've had I've had something on my mind over the Christmas period, and this is festive related themed running gear. Mm. Your socks, your tops, your I don't know, shorts probably as well, but it's mainly the socks and the t-shirts and stuff. And I just, I just don't get it. I, I don't, I don't understand the point because surely you're only going to be we- able to wear it like what, four weeks yeah. of the year? Max? Just, just December I, really, I, isn't I, it? I, yeah. And I get like this Christmas jumpers and Christmas jumpers have always been a thing, but I feel like Christmas jumpers, you're probably going to wear it for like a whole day, like at work or something for your work's Christmas jumper thing. or And then you're going to wear it again when you go out somewhere. And then, you know, you can get quite a bit of wear out of it. But I don't know. The, the, the point's probably mute because the point probably... People who love their festive running gear will probably say, yeah, it's just the same as like getting a Christmas jumper. There's just something about it. I feel like it's a waste of time. Like an absolute waste of time. Like no one cares... If I've got little Santas on my socks at 6am when I'm out for a run, like, do you know what I mean? It doesn't make you feel festive and full of the joys of winter? It doesn't. It's a waste of time because the thing is, I like to get my money's worth out of my running gear because this is the other thing. Like my clothes that I'm wearing in everyday life, that's a different thing. You know, invest a bit of money in, people are going to see me, I want to look, I sound like a right knobhead now, but like, you know what I mean? Like, But your running gear, it's going to get all sweaty and stinky and dirty and you're only going to be wearing it for like what max like three or four hours if you need a really long run you know like i will pay as much as i need to to get the job done but other than that i am not really bothered about running gear i'm really i'm really not bothered it gets the job done so the, the idea of going out and buying themed festive gear just seems like a waste of fucking time and a waste of money yeah it's like christmas socks generally like my mum will always insist on buying me like christmas socks or like christmas slippers christmas pajamas like you can only wear them a few weeks a year what am i doing with the rest of the time i haven't got like a shitload of wardrobes to put them in i haven't got a big boomer house to you know store all this stuff in so yeah i don't know what to do with them i think it's a bit sad you can't wear christmas socks the rest of the year. i mean i still do wear christmas socks the rest of the year just because they're you know in the rotation but yeah christmas running gear yeah i kind of agree i, I mean obviously i agree because it's just a miserable stupid thing that we're going to get annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh, speaking of christmas 22 downloads on christmas day so shout out to those guys who were looking for something to do and thought i'll just download a back episode of a podcast i guess i don't know new phones <laughs> maybe just do a 
maybe a bit of subscribing while they were there but you know thanks for that guys and to be fair not everyone celebrates christmas it could be you know a jewish person your hindu person whoever just going about their their every day on that or just someone with no friends yeah yeah they're the options either a different religion or somebody about any friends no in between just just (laughs) downloading a few random podcasts why not thank you (laughs) Let's catch up on the last episode. So we asked for strange things you have gotten for completing a race and you haven't disappointed. So Claire Flint said, you get a trout from the Winkle Trout Race, which is why I have never done it. That is amazing. You get an actual, like, do they catch the trout there? I hope it's not shipped in. I hope someone is out the day before just catching a fucking shitload of trout and then just tossing them out to the runners as they finish. That's brilliant. And how is it kept? Is it kept like on ice and then... I don't know. Is it like a trout? Is it just a whole trout? I mean, I don't like trout. I wouldn't want to eat it. But the idea of someone giving me a whole fish is very funny. And then you've got to get it home and stuff. And it's, you know, what time of year is it? Is it like middle of summer? (laughs) It's like 30 degrees. You have to drive a trout two hours home. (laughs) That is genius. I love it. Uh, Kat Curran said, I thought beef jerky was a bit of a controversial choice, especially for a race in Brighton with a per capita population of smug vegans as higher than any other UK city. (laughs) I have all places. I think any meat product is probably a bad idea at a race. Just just considering the amount of vegetarians there are in general. Now, you know so. what they're like. God. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Andy Nichols says, quote unquote, Fanny Fudge, intimate female anti-chafe cream was a memorable one. Fanny Fudge. Was that the name of it? That is, yeah, I think that was the name. I mean, I'm sure excellent product and I'm sure useful for around half the runners. But handing it out to all runners is kind of a, a bold move. Yeah, and also, like, I don't know. I feel like that doesn't need to be gendered. I feel like even if you're putting it down there, like, as long as it's, you know, I mean, like, you could have, you could, you could have anti-chafe cream for men and women and yeah. it would work, work fine. I don't think, it, you're not putting got, it inside of you, so it's it's going to be fine. Like, you know? Hasn't got the funny name though, has it? No, no, they, they, they saw an opportunity and they ran with it. Amazing. Uh, PFM Coaching, whoever that is, said, I got a sample of a certain brand's energy product. Opening it broke a tooth, which sometime later resulted in an infection, which became an abscess, which became pericarditis, which became multiple hospital stays. Won't be buying their products. That's great. <laughs> that, that chain of events is crazy. But also, what was the energy product that you broke your... Like, how did you break your teeth on an energy project? Like, most energy stuff is sort of, like, easy to ingest and chew so. and, or drink. I assume it's just like a gel packet. They've gone to rip it with their teeth and just uh, bash the teeth together. But I think that was possibly something waiting to happen rather than that particularly energy product. But that's pretty bad. But yeah. I just love the idea of, like, not buying those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and possibly the ultimate one is from Jen Danger Harding, friend of the podcast, who got a vibrating cock ring at Mayhill Massacre. What? <laughs> That's oh my goodness. They defended their decision, saying it was good marketing as everyone was talking about the race, but probably for the wrong reasons. Uh, She said it was particularly funny for us as it was our club champs and the delight of a 75-year-old married couple having two to try out. Amazing. Uh, I I just have no words for that. 
But you're There's right. No words. You'll talk about that. I think she said this was 2015, 16. Still talking about it. Uh, you, you would absolutely I, never I fe- forget that one. <laughs> I feel like somebody could legitimately be really offended. Like some people could be legitimately really offended by that, though. I feel like they're treading a fine line of people really kicking off about that. Like, how dare yeah. you? But I think you'd say, oh, well, just don't use it then. <laughs> I'm just thinking what else you could find uses for if you, you know if you don't need it for those reasons like I, I feel like is it something you could maybe re-gift for Christmas or something I don't or know. perhaps you team up with the uh, the race that did fanny fudge so half people get fanny fudge yeah. half runners get cock rings <laughs> everyone's happy love it love it ooh on to tea. So we've partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links and buy tea if you would like to. What are you drinking tonight, Stuart? I've enjoyed a very nice Vicky sponge cake tea today. That's a black tea with a bit of like fruit and a bit of like vanilla to make it taste a bit like a sponge cake. So that's a very nice thing. That's a nice, nice. straightforward, nice, normal-ish black tea. Vicky's sponge cake. That, Excellent. How about you, Amy? That sounds like a good one. Yeah. Um, I have Jaffa cake matcha. So I'm still... Oh, hello. I've, I've opened up all... Yeah, I know. I've opened up all the doors in my matcha calendar, but obviously there is way too much matcha to have one each day. Um, so yeah, so I've got I've got 25 different types of... Well, 24 different types of matcha. And at the moment, I'm drinking the Jaffa cake one. Very nice. It does taste like Jaffa cakes. It's quite tangy. Yeah, it's a good one. Very exciting. Uh, what have you been up to? We've got loads of that have happened over the last few weeks. Oh, yes. Well, well, just one thing for me, really. Just lots happened at this one thing. Of course. So I ha- Yes, of course, of course. So I had the Celtic Trail Half Marathon, which was just before Christmas. It was like the Saturday before Christmas. Um, I haven't done this race before. I heard from people last year that it was absolutely horrific. <clears throat> Mainly because last year it was sort of sub-zero temperatures, free, you know, ice everywhere, snow everywhere. So I think people, uh, it's gained a bit of a reputation from from that year. So I was sort of expecting it to be really, really bad. It wasn't, it was fine. Um, it was just like drizzly this year. It wasn't, the weather was absolutely fine. Um, so the half marathon route was linear. Uh, so I had to get a coach from the finish point where I parked the car to the start point. Never had to do that before. Um, was absolutely horrific. Felt like I was going to vom the entire way. Like, absolutely. I don't normally get car sick. But the first bit when we came out of um, the Dare Valley Visitor Centre area um, was going through Aberdare and these really windy roads to the point where at one junction, the bus driver was narrowly missing this sign, which was sort of on its edge a bit where other cars and buses and trucks and stuff had hit it. Um, yeah, but it was like that that thing that you get in those sorts of towns where you're going downhill and making lots of sharp turns, which yeah. just, yeah, sent me over the edge. I got off and I thought, I'm going to like vom right here. The bus also smelled of sick, so I think somebody yeah. had already vomed. And I, I um, guess it's been a long time since you've been on the peasant carriage as well. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I wasn't, I wasn't quite used to it. Um, yeah, it, it was a really nice route. I enjoyed the route. It was quite challenging in terms of the elevation, also the terrain. Like there was quite a few bits that, because I'm a, a complete wuss, like I walked because I'm, I'm just, well, it's not just a bit about being a wuss. It's the fact that I always fall over. So I walked. It's, it's probably it. actually sensible, it was, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would be quicker for me to walk than run and fall over and have to pick myself up and stuff. So, so yeah, so it was quite challenging in that sense. There was quite a few sections that were really rocky and stuff and the trail wasn't great. Um, but yeah, overall, really nice route. Um, 
I went down some of it. There were some really steep bits. That I just literally, I sat my ass and slid down. Because I thought, save the trouble. But the funny thing was, I was there was, it was there was some really boggy bits as well. And I was sort of going around the edge of this really boggy puddle. And we sort of gone up on the side of this this uh, this the path. And to get back down, because I'm little as well, it was quite a big slippy uh, drop. So I thought I'm just gonna like literally just slide down on my bum because I will just slip down anyway. As I was lying down, this guy behind me went, oh my God, are you okay? Like that, thinking that I'd fallen down this thing. <laughs> he was like rushing over to me. And I was like, no, no, I, I meant to do that. I meant to, that was, that was a tactic that was planned. I have not, I've not fallen down. Um, also the whole way around. So I ran it with uh, Dewey from our club. It was fantastic because um, he's run it before. But the whole way around, him and other people were telling me there's this really awful descent at the end you know, and there's about, I think it was about 1.5 miles from the end. They kept going on and on about there's this really, really horrible downhill and it's really difficult and da-da-da. So in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounds horrific. And I kept saying, I'm just going to slide down on my bum. Like, I'm not going to be able to manage that. I got to it. It was absolutely fine. <laughs> I think oh. it was because last year it was like snowy and icy and it is pretty much a sheer drop on the other side. Like, it's this bit of trail with a sheer drop. Um, I think it probably seemed more treacherous than it was last year because it was the weather. The weather was worse, but yeah, it was absolutely fine. I mean, I if it's like, you saying that as well, it must have been pretty straightforward. It was fine. Yeah, it was absolutely fine. I thought it was going to be a repeat of when we did that fucking Raven walk, and I kept slipping down those stupid downhills with all the loose, <laughs> the loose um, rock. That's what I was imagining because that was horrific. That's absolutely. Uh, but no, it was just like a. It was just like a nice descent on quite nice grassy trails so i love the way runners can exaggerate anything into anything oh but but it was multiple people like the whole way around it's like oh yeah it's really tricky but at the end it's really tricky and i was like fucking hell if they think it's tricky like i'm definitely gonna find it tricky because i'm rubbish at this um also right at the end so i did a fair bit of walking like i said because i'm not very good at um running on like uh like tricky terrain so right at the end you come down this massive hill and the, the, the part of the hill just before you get get to the flat was like really muddy and stuff so I was just taking my time down it and then I got to the bottom and it was like flat tarmac for like the final uh, few hundred meters so I was like right I can finally run and I had all this energy in my legs to run so I started sprinting um, and some people had overtaken me on this hill I started sprinting past like really sprinting but I think because because I'd just been having caffeine all day and I'd been out for four hours, I suddenly had some sort of like blood sugar drop or something and my vision started tunneling and my legs started feeling wobbly and I felt really well. Is it just because you started running for the first time? Oh, I started like properly fucking sprinting. But I think if I'd have been like doing an ultra where I'd been eating and stuff, and we'll get onto this in a minute, but if I'd been doing something where I'd been eating and stuff like that, like, you know... I probably would have been absolutely fine. I think it was just one of those things. I get I get blood sugar like drops sometimes anyway, like issues with my blood pressure and blood sugar. So I think it was just one of those things. But because when I overtook people, they're like, wow, sprint finish, go on. I didn't want to seem like a dick, like sprinting past them and then slowing right down. So I just had to hold on for like the whole way until I turned this corner before the finish line and I just like slowed right down <laughs> at that point. But yeah, I, I honestly, I felt like I was going to die but I, I also felt like my pride will not let me slow down now. Will not. Just, my, my vision was literally tunnelling. I was looking through some like <laughs> dots in my eyes. I, just, I love black. that you start running for the first time and like you just you, you get lightheaded and you can't handle it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I just Amy broke into more than a light sprinting. jog and just couldn't couldn't take it. Yeah, I just I just, just sprinted. I was like, oh god, oh god, that was awful. But yeah. Um, so finally, and I want to talk about the biggest thing at the race was uh, the frazzle incident. The frazzle incident. There was a frazzle incident. Oh god. Okay, so I need I need to explain this. This is almost like my press conference. So <laughs> run, walk, crawl. If you're listening. Because you guys, the, they, they're the, the race organisers. If you're listening, this is my apology and my press conference about the frazzles. Um, so there was multiple aid stations along the route, even for the half marathon, because there was an ultra and a marathon and then the half marathon as well. So there's actually three aid stations for this um, for this ultra, which, uh, sorry, for this half, which seems like a lot. But it was, yeah, like I said, for the ultra marathon and stuff. So when we got to the first aid station for us, for the half marathoners, it was like really chaotic because at that the time we got there, because the other races had set off a lot earlier, it was sort of everyone was was coming to this aid station at once almost. So it was a proper bottleneck. There was like the half mar- the half marathoners, the marathoners, the ultra marathoners. Um, so I had some I had my tailwind with me, which I was only out for like four hours. It was a half marathon, you know. It's I I, I would have been fine on just tailwind. I didn't really need to get anything. Um, but my stomach was rumbling a bit, so I thought, you know what? While I'm here, I'll just like grab a bag of crisps, you know, like just 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 eat a little something while I'm here anyway. Um, I saw a, a big box with all frazzles in, you know, the crisps, the the bacony crisp frazzles, um, and I just assumed they were like the snack size ones because every other race that I've done that have had aid stations, obviously a lot of them have been Pegasus races, so I'm used to that, but other races as well. Since COVID, they've all given you like snack size things that you grab rather than putting your hand in like a big communal mm. thing like they used to, which makes sense. So I just, and this aid station was so chaotic. So I just put my hand in this box to grab a bag of frazzles. And when I pulled it out, it was like a lot bigger than I expected this bag. But I was like, okay, that's that's weird. But maybe it's just being really generous. And also I wasn't looking properly because it was so busy. I was just grabbing a bag to take with me. Um, and the guy behind the aid station goes, Jesus, someone just grabbed a whole bag like that. Like I was just <laughs> like greedy frazzle thief. And because I was already stepping away because I was literally just grabbing something. There were so many people. I, I, I couldn't put it back or like if it had been quieter I could have go oh sorry I didn't I didn't realize it was a big bag and like but I, it was so chaotic I just I just like grabbed it um and I set off and I ate two of them and then I felt so, so guilty and ashamed I couldn't eat any more so I, I hid them away in my I hid them away in my bag <laughs> the whole way I could hear them like rustling in my bag and then because frazzles are really strong tasting, I could also taste like the smoky frazzle taste. Oh, yeah. So the whole way, it was like a, a reminder of what I had done, like an albatross around my neck. It was the, the frazzle around albatross. my neck in my bag. The, 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 smoking, the smoking frazzle in my bag telling oh. everyone what had happened. Um, and like right at the end, even in my head as I was doing that, it's probably what spurred the sprint finish. I, was just, I wanted rid of these frazzles. I felt so guilty. So in my head, I was like, I'm just going to grab my my medal i'm gonna throw the frazzles away like even when i crossed the finish line i was like yep yeah, great thank you and i was like right bin for the frazzles because i'm so ashamed you're not even gonna eat them no... take them home no i know no, i couldn't i couldn't i was ashamed i was so i was shamed at the aid station for, for taking the whole bag of frazzles but i couldn't find any rubbish bins so i just took them away in a dog poo bin bag as well oh, a, a dog poo on. bin I know, I know. And it was like on the, it was still on the course as other people were finishing. So like people were coming past and I was like hastily trying to chuck away a whole massive share bag of frazzles. Um, but the funny thing was as well, at the second aid station, 
uh, I was just going to just go through because I was like, okay, I've already had the Frazzle Instant. Technically, I don't need any of the fucking aid stations. I've got my own water and stuff. Like, I don't need aid stations. Um, so the guy goes, as I'm just passing through, he goes, oh, don't you want any food or anything? And I go, oh, no, I'm just doing the half. Which, and he was like, oh, all right then. Like, I was so fucking arrogant. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need your aid. Like, whatever. Um, like, I was some elite athlete. But little did he know, I didn't need any food because I had a whole fucking bag of frazzles in my bag, you know. Like, don't worry, I've taken the food. So, so yeah, that was you that was my frazzle took more than shame. your fair share of food. I definitely. Deprived <laughs> all those runners of their frazzles. Oh, uh, and the funny thing was, I'm not even running a half marathon, like... <laughs> sorry, I'm not even running... The funny thing was, I'm not even running, like, an ultra or anything. No. I'm only running the half. I'm only out there for, like, four hours. Like, I didn't eat any food. But I, I just grabbed the whole share bag of fucking frazzles, so... I think frazzles, yeah. they would repeat on you the whole way around on you as well, wouldn't they? I just wanted a little bag, and it threw, threw me off more, because frazzles, you do get the little bags, don't mm. you, of them? You know, you go to the supermarket and you get multi-packs. You, they've got the little bags in them. That's what threw me off. I've never seen a frazzle bag this size before. It was massive. <laughs> I would love to know there is a marshal out there with a similar story with a, a different outcome. Yeah, yeah, like oh, this this half marathon runner came through and just grabbed the just entire grabbed the bag whole of bag. fucking frazzles. Just grabbed the whole bag. Like Jesus. Uh, so yeah, but if you're listening, run, walk, crawl. This is my apology. I am sorry. I did not realise that I was grabbing a whole bag of frazzles. There was just confusion. At the aid station, I'm sorry. That's it. <laughs> this is why you should just shouldn't be allowed at races. I know I keep encouraging you to do more different uh, races, but then I I just regret that because I feel this is going to reflect badly on me. But the, but the thing is as well, like there just needs to be some guidance across all like best practice across all races. I don't like somehow you've got to reach into the communal fucking plate and others you get given like little individual. Like it's so confusing. I can't I I can't be working that out. <laughs> or signs up or anything guidance like, up front you know. for each race to let you know what the situation yeah, is when they send you that pre-race information they need to say things like don't take a whole fucking bag of crisps there are yeah. little bowls where you just reach in and touch all the bowls that everyone else has been touching yeah. when they've been for a piss and touch their dick and stuff and you don't <laughs> touch those same crisps you know what I mean like that's what the sign should say it's like the, uh, the nuts on the bar you, you don't ever go for those yeah. never go for the free nuts you don't you don't go for the communal frazzles. You just don't. I was just no. being health conscious. You hide them in your bag and stick them in dog poop in. Yeah, yeah. I did see somebody who ran the same race as me got COVID a few days later. And I was like, you know what? That's fucking the communal frazzles. That is patient zero. Fucking hell. <laughs> How do these anyway. things happen to you? Uh, yep. Anyway, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, well, nothing. I mean, nothing aside that. All I did was win a race. You know, that last Ooh. Canicross race I was talking about, going in the Forest of Dean. Mm-hmm. Bloody won it, mate. Mm. just bloody oh, won yeah. it congratulations i mean i mean i was second <laughs> technically but because right. um there's a woman finished first i was first male but this woman it was a five mile race she finished more than five minutes ahead of me this woman was oh proper i mean that is a minute yeah. a mile quicker in like nasty rough hilly terrain so she, yeah she was proper uh mm. and i was i was the first man i was well happy with that nice. i never well I think before, I've done that race. I did that um, obstacle course race before. Crossed the line first, but didn't actually win. And then this one was also not finishing first, but kind of finishing first. 
So it's mm. it's still a little cold. I didn't quite get the glory of getting across the line first, but it kind of was because I was so far behind this other woman. Like I didn't see her like from very, very early on. I, I was very lucky. I got f- past a few people at the beginning and I caught up with a guy uh, running with his dog. I mean, obviously it's Canny Cross Race. Um, and I just <laughs> sat behind him for about two miles because I thought if I overtake, mm. I'm going to go way too quick because it was five miles. I'm used to running about 5K. Uh, with a dog and this was five miles so I just went I just sat behind him and I knew it was quite a comfortable pace and I thought I'm just going to be cheeky I'm just going to let him do the work ahead of me you know find all the puddles find all the deep mud because some of it was really nasty and then eventually his dog went a bit mad and tried to go the wrong way and kind of did a few spins I'm like right overtake get past him and smash him and then there's a huge hill at the end and I I knew I could probably run most of the way up that hill and not many people did. Like after last year, we overtook about four people up that hill because it's so nasty. And yeah, I was just like doing that thing of getting up the hill, checking over my shoulder every 10 seconds for about five minutes. Just like, is he there? Is he there? Is he there? Can I relax? Because I just didn't want to relax. I didn't know. I didn't know this guy. I thought, you know, what about he might get like a massive second wind halfway up the hill. Uh, but no, didn't. And uh, came away and I won it. So I'm very, nice. very happy with that. This is also, it was a mass canny cross start. But on a road, um, but it was like, you know, like country lane, like, you know, two lanes wide, fairly narrow, two lanes with grass verges either side and like houses and walls. And it was just like straight down this lane for about 400 meters of about 40 runners and dogs. And it was absolute fucking chaos. It was mad. I've never done something like that. It was just, yeah, everyone just, obviously everyone starts so fast on the Canicross race. And I just got really pinned in because there's two runners either side of me and their dogs on like, you know, one and a half, two meter lines. And there's just nowhere to go. You just have to kind of stay in the middle and hope your dog doesn't jump to the side or has a little look to the side. It was just absolute chaos down this kind of sprint start and then into a really narrow section down into the woods. But yeah, absolutely love that. Uh, hung around because I was, uh, you know, I went over to the marshal then. I'm like, oh, is there is there prizes? I just want to double check if I need to hang around. Um, and there was, but luckily, um, I've got family in the village, so we went back, got changed, and then could go back for the prize giving uh, later on. They did the candy cross prizes first, which is great, so I didn't have to hang around for all the rest of it. Um, but as it turns out, oh no, there was a big table of like, you know, your chocolates, wines, beer, ciders, all that kind of stuff, biscuits. So I went over, had a little quick look because I didn't want to be put on the spot because I didn't want to be one of those ones where they say, just pick something off the table. And then you go, ha, 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 and then you pick up something you don't want. So I had a little look. Okay, I scoped out some things. But when I went for my prize, uh, they were giving out stuff instead. So they were given like these little bags uh... of like specially made stuff because the, actually the person who donated the prizes, actually made and donated the prizes was this woman who won. So she's obviously got like a bit of a business. <laughs> Smart thinking. She's got a business selling like dog treats and shit. So she put them all, she bagged them all up, donated them as prizes and then said, no, no, that's fine. You can have my first prize. So I got the first prize bag. I was like, great, that's lovely. Stood there, did my little photograph, went back, went in the bag, all dog stuff. I was like, where's my stuff? I want some treats. <laughs> Everyone else, all the runners are getting wine and chocolate and biscuits mm. and cider. I've got dog treats. I'm like, I mean, that's good for him, but where's the Stuart treats? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was quite upsetting. I mean, nice, mm. thank you very much, but also, I wanted a snack. I mean, some of the dog treats you could probably eat. Yeah, I mean, ed- technically edible. <laughs> it might yeah. take me a while to chew through some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was their thinking, like, you know, it's probably human grade, you could probably have a little nibble on one. If anyone is near the Forest of Dean, uh, next year, the Christmas tree run in Elwood 
can definitely recommend that. It's usually the week before Christmas. Absolutely fantastic race. And for runners as well. It's, you know, it's, there is a running race and a candy cross race. It's fantastic. It's muddy. It's wet. Uh, and there's loads of water on the course. What I really love looking at the photos is the kind of people that do a trail run in December in a forest and spend so much effort avoiding the puddles and the mud. I do not understand that. There's so many photos of people like walking around and tiptoeing around the edges of things. And like, just go, it's a trail run in December. It's soaking wet in a forest. Just go through it. You'll have much more fun. If you just smash straight through it, it'll be funny rather than spending all that time and energy trying to avoid all these, all this mud. It's mad. Uh, so also over Christmas, I did Sheringham Park Run on a hand lead. That's in North Norfolk. Fantastic, beautiful park run. It's got everything. It's got like woods. You go down to see the, see the sea. There's a little bit of sand. There was like a steam train yard there as well. There were steam trains going past. Um, in the summer, and the, well, in, I think in spring in particular, it'd be an absolutely beautiful park. But on a, a dog with a hand lead, awful. Like imagine I had to start quite near the front because it was narrow. I didn't want to have to overtake so many people. Um, and it starts, well, the first kilometer is downhill as well. So there's me running with like one arm holding a lead, the other arm like pumping furiously to actually keep me running, but the other arm completely stiff and pulling back the whole time. And just my arm was going dead. I had to swap arms. And in the, I was swapping arms like every minute because my arms just could not take it because they're so pathetic and weak. But yeah, I didn't quite enjoy uh, park run on a hand lead doesn't work very well i still don't i still don't agree with all that i think it's a lot of I, know, I, know, I know i know i still i'm still of the opinion of if your park run isn't appropriate for people with dogs because it's you know like too narrow things like that just don't allow dogs and the park runs where they are just allow dogs on the appropriate equipment you know i know i know it's not not gonna happen now though so you know never mind mm. um also uh, getting into this year i started being coached but like, yeah, I was going to say not like properly. I'm not paying anyone. Uh, Michael Dark, who did our FKT with us. Um, basically, I'm doing it for him, really, because I think he will enjoy it. So I've got I've allowed him to tell me what to do, which I think he'll really enjoy. Um, so obviously my first session, I ran my fastest ever non-race 10K as my first session. Because, of course, that's that's how he works. It's a go hard or go home kind of approach. And I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, to be fair, it was mostly downhill because of the route I did. But you know, that's, that's a good start. I'm actually feeling fairly fast at the moment which is kind of strange because that is the plan to go for 10k and half marathon pb so excited to see what happens with that nice let's get into some more familiar bullshit territory we've got some bullshit marketing and well just general bullshit running stuff for you love to know if anyone has got this over christmas or maybe the january sales you can have a look see if these are available this was sent to us by my new coach michael dark fantastic line uh, from nike it says do your best running in all conditions made from breathable and soft cotton terry this towel helps keep you dry and distraction free as you tackle the trail path or track a towel i mean okay everyone needs a towel this is a 70 pound towel but and also the website does not tell you how large it is so i've got no idea it might be the size of a flannel for 70 mm. quid they're giving you a... T- they'll sell you a towel. That... Okay. I've just gone on the website. They've got 23% off. So it's uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit cheaper now. If you, if you want to go ahead and splash out. Uh, what does what does ACG stand for? Uh, I looked it up. All conditions gear. Oh, so to be fair, for £70, you can use this towel in any condition. But you know what it looks a bit like? And I don't a know. Towel. It looks does like... It, does it look um, like every other towel that's ever been made? No. 
it looks like the fast drying towels and we buy them for our dogs off Amazon and they probably cost about four quid each. Yeah. But this one... That's what you want to do. The colour options for this are black and summit white or dark russet and monarch, which as far as I can tell is orange and red, which is a bad combination. (laughs) Oh, I just... This astounds me. And you know, you know with Nike that it's been made by pretty much slave labor it's been made by somebody who's being paid 11 pence an hour somewhere in some impoverished community somewhere like you know that that's going to be the situation Mm -hmm. you know they're making these towels and then flogging them for 70 quid to yeah but those two lines i gave to describe this that is literally all the product description there is on this there is nothing else to Mm -hmm. tell you anything about it uh, like again, not even the size, and I just love the fact that say distraction free, as if you'd be running on your run and be like, oh shit, I hope the I hope the towel's going to do the job when I get to the end. <laughs> oh god, that is really going to oh that would ruin the whole run. But I'm wondering whether the towel is for carrying with you on the run. Like you get like a bit sweaty, just oh. just carry an entire oh. towel yeah, of indeterminate yeah. size. Yeah, you could wear it like a cape, I guess. Could do well. What for seventy pounds? You might as well show it off. Yeah, yeah, that is... Ugh. Who's buying this shit? Who's buying this Mugs. shit? Mugs. Speaking of which... If you're listening uh, and you bought it, you know, you are a mug. <laughs> speaking of bullshit, Amy, tell us about the Puma Fastroid. Oh my goodness. These need to be seen to be believed. Ah, here we go. So the, the copy for it reads, The Fastroid brings the run Puma DNA to high fashion. The fuck does that mean? We've taken our premier running tech and recontextualized it through a maximalist, overly technical lens. This screams like a student trying to do an essay the night before using the thesaurus, trying to reach the word count, doesn't it? What is this shit? The sole features exaggerated volumes of our nitro, trademark, elite foam that are presented in a wave, while the engineered ultra weave upper is reinforced with pur tape pure tape power tape power t- oh it's missing that I'm, I'm doing like a welsh like the w is is a different sound <laughs> yeah i guess they're just missing out the o and doing like yeah and the e this what? is like we've talked about i believe it was maybe on one of our live shows we talked about a similar pair of shoes that had like a split sole with a gap so it almost looks like a pair of high heel trainers there's like a slight gap mm-hmm. between the heel and the front and, but you can see the carbon plate running through it that kind of joins them together. And yeah, they say it's exaggerated volume. So it's like massive chunky trainers with a weird gap in. Makes it look, a, I don't know, almost like a weird kind of hoof to me. I just, and they are over are 300 pounds, but recontextualized through a maximalist overly technical lens, which means they've intentionally made them too complicated. That's what yeah, that means. And, and the they're saying they're bringing it to high fashion. When When is Puma high fashion? When has it like, ever been? When will it ever be? They're a pair of white trainers, essentially. There's nothing yeah. high fashion about a pair of white trainers. Yeah. I, I feel like if I wore that, I'd break my fucking ankle. Almost certainly, you know? yes. Yeah, that is weird. I don't like these sort of weird shoes anyway that are like massive. I, I feel like they're like the platform shoes from the 90s. I, I'd just roll an ankle straight away. And 100%, you wear those. Everyone in your park run around you is looking at you thinking, what a cunt. Guarantee it. You wear them, then you do like a 40-minute park run. That would be me. 
<laughs> if you're doing your January shopping for the rest of the year, uh, let us know about the bullshit you come across. In the meantime, you can support this podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. You can donate some money every month. In return, for some reason, we'll sing your name, which no one likes, but we do it anyway. And this week, I have ruined another classic. Thank you to the following people. Martin Kaplan, Matt, Lise, Jeff Lampert, Nikki, Genders, Ruth, KP, Viola, Grep, Graham, Hackland, Liz, Reese, Charlie, Nevis, and Matt Burrows, Ian, Thompson, Sherry, Kinnison, Dawn, Shepherd, Karen, Blay, Elliot, Lyon, Claire, Dean, and Nikki, Jones, Daniel, Braun, Brian, Simpson, AP, Maria, Wicks, Derry, Catherine, Fenton, Sherry, Grubbs, Carl, Fleming, Steve, Robson, Tony, House, Shambolic, Adult, Gail, Seal, Angela, Foster, Swales, Majeziorski, Benny, Simpson, Matt, Garner, Spencer Aldridge, Cheryl Curran, Alice Newstead, Gabby Thomas, Naya Paul, Hebert, Luke Daniel, Noms Dawson, Jonathan Carter, Ian Hales, Amanda, Mari Hines, Victoria, Dick, Debbie, Hurley, Kiara Evans, Jenny, Tamas, Ebby, Stuart Stevens, Matt Caffin, Rachel Bullmore, David, Yellow Mag, Cecil, Rich Skirm, Larry Warren, Sandra Heinz, Rachel, Bentley, Andy Robbins, Claire Davis, Vicky Robbins, Bernadette McCarthy, Jay Howells, Anthony Howe, Jewel Running, Matt Jones, Julia Page, H. Kel Ryder, Aaron Shaw, Karen Hamilton, Sophie Nichols, Gregory C., David Owen, Jason Spinks, Matt Newbury, Tom Orcock, Sophie Jacks, Len Martin, Ian D. Nichols, Adam Baker, Martin Josie, Ivor Hewitt, Gordy Thelwell, Neil Denton, Raymond Quinn, Jay, Matt H., Victoria Magnus, Francis Howell, Elizabeth Chavan. Lisa Gibbon, Cat, Abigail, Hardman, Kath, Everard, Lee Wood. Don't forget to send us your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running SBS. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. And it's New Year, New You. And we asked you for your New Year's running aims, but only the ones that are destined for failure, because that's just what we're like. First up, Caroline the Average Athlete was first with a textbook answer. She said having, for various reasons, run half the amount in 2023 than 2018, thanks for that stat Strava, my goal is to run more than I did in 2023, despite the need for an operation that will sideline me for 12 weeks. It's looking a bit ambitious. Amazing stuff. Thank you, Caroline. Mate, you need to get off Strava. Like, why is it telling you this shit? It's like an abusive boyfriend or something. Well, you know, you only ran half what we did in 2018. Don't you need to sort yourself out? No. Yes, Screw you, I've Strava. Got an operation. I've got an operation that I really need. No, 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 no. You're shit. You're There's shit. no option in Strava to add that, is there? No, no. El Collimore is just trying to survive the year, though mainly financially, says, so if I survive this year, both physically and financially, then that's an achievement. I've just turned 40 and what better way to celebrate, quote unquote celebrate, turning 40 than to run a 40 mile ultra. So I'm doing the Vogum. Excellent choice. My goal for this year is to run more smaller races and support my local running community. I also had a major falling out with the Cardiff half last year and decided that I needed to take a year off. So instead, I've entered the ballot for Chicago, thinking I wouldn't get in, and now I have a place. The result is my credit card has taken a hit, not least because you introduced me to the Bird and Blend tea. Yes. Yay. I, I love the fact, like, ah, oh, Cardiff half, can't do that anymore. I'm sick of that. I'll do Chicago, which is even harder and really yeah. expensive. 
Yep, and an ultramarathon on top, so yeah. <laughs> what fun you're going to have. Uh, Grim Down South says, I've got a target of running every day in 2024. The worst part is I'm only doing it to get a virtual badge, which has to be about the dumbest reason to do anything. Probably won't even make it through January. Mate, like, I tell everyone this when they say they're doing a run streak. That's how I got really injured and was injured for five years. So well, just approach with caution. Yeah, well, Jen Donga Harding says she's running every day of January as well, but she failed on day two because of the wrong shoes. So she That's says. such an excuse. <laughs> Did she like go out in high heels and was like, oh shit, I can't run now, can I? <laughs> oh, such bless. a Jen reason. Yep. <laughs> Scott Root says, I've been out with an injury for the best part of four months and I'm convinced I can still beat my 2021 marathon PB by 25 minutes <laughs> to get a good for age for London for 2025. I think that qualifies as a stupid bullshit target. Amazing. Yes. 25 minutes. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Claire Allison, I'd just like to be able to run this year, having spent most of last year not running due to a torn meniscus and having various body parts surgically removed. I am living vicariously through my boyfriend who is doing an ultra where you have to carry a four kilo cannonball. Of course he is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. What? There's, there's, there's two things to talk about here. Firstly, various body parts surgically removed. I feel like that needs more context. Mm, yeah. Secondly, what is this ultra where you've got to carry a four kilogram cannonball? Well, I don't care because I'm not doing it. No, but also, like, that's random, isn't it? Because four kilograms, it's not that heavy, but would really get on your nerves in an ultra. Like, it's an interesting It depends way. how you have to carry it. If you can jam it in your bag, maybe. I mean, my whole bag, I think, with my ultra weighed like five kilos with water. So having that extra, if you have to just like mm. carry it in your hands, that's quite funny. Not that I'm ever going to do it, but I quite like mm. the, you're not allowed to put it in a bag. You have to carry it with your hands. That's nasty. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, I've got to Google that at some point. What is that race where you have to carry a four kilogram cannonball? Jennifer Cater says, someone who didn't make it to 1,000 kilometers in 2023 and set a goal of 2,024 kilometers for 2024, that's me. I am someone. It's going well so far. Don't know whether that it's going well so far. I'm just going to more than double my target for next year. Should be fine, right? What yeah. can go wrong? Yeah, and I don't know whether that's sarcasm at the end that is going well so far. Mm. That could be sarcasm. Yeah. It, it could not be. It could be. Sincere. I did get over two thousand kilometers last year, but it took me six years to get there after aiming for it for that long. It took me that long to get there. So you're just like, oh, I'm just going to double it. Why not? Patricia Alton says, having not run any distance since November 2022. Due to tearing my hip tendons, oh, oh. I'm doing Race to the Stones 100k in July. And guess I should do some other ultras or trail events before then. The biggest challenge at the moment appears to be getting out the door. I mean, that's it's a long way between your door and 100 kilometers, having not run much in the last 14 months. Oh, God. I love all these posts. It just perfectly summarizes runners where they're just like, oh yeah, I had this really horrific injury. Something that if you told a non-runner, they'd be like, holy shit. But to runners, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's normal. Uh, I had this really horrific injury. Probably from over... I'm yeah. not going to put words in people's mouths, but often they're from like overtraining. Yeah. I can say this myself, doing something stupid like that myself. 
And then it's like, oh yeah, so now I'm a bit better. I'm going to go and do something stupid again and probably enjoy myself. And it's usually again. only a bit better. It's not like I'm now fully recovered and I'm going to do, I'm going to aim towards this. Yeah. It's like, I'm still injured, but I'm going to aim for this. And then hopefully I'll stop being injured by then. Yeah. And I, I can say that because that is me. Yeah. That, is, that is completely me. Absolutely mental people. <laughs> Rachel Bullmore said, here's my impossible running target for 2024. No ankle injuries for the entire Ooh, year. Risky. I al- <laughs> it's a big one. I already got off to a wonky start by twisting oh. my ankle on the way home from work on the <laughs> 2nd of January. <laughs> less than 100 metres away from my house, just by slipping on wet leaves. Luckily, nothing serious, but I've only just recovered from torn ligaments. So you've already, your target's down the yeah, drain. Yeah, I would say twisting your ankle. <laughs> is an ankle injury especially if you've got like weak ankles from tearing your ligaments can people stop tearing ligaments and tendons and things it just goes right through me yeah yeah you can't set a target to not get injured that's that's (laughs) not a target that's a hilarious though like it's so specific as well like my target is not to injure this very particular part of my body and then you do it like second immediately of love it so thank you all so much for them if anyone else has got any stupid targets they know they're not going to meet or they know are destined to failure please let us know mm, love to hear it bullshit running news bullshit running news Bullshit running news. Bullshit running news. Oh, that was almost a tune. Well done. I know, I know. So there's not really been much going on over Christmas in running news, as we might expect. But the big thing that came out was Strava's 2023 global report, um, where they've surveyed and, well, they've analysed data from athletes on Strava but also they've surveyed people as well to get a deeper insight beyond just the quantitative data Um, and the big thing was that women don't feel safe wow womp womp things we already know yeah so uh so yeah so every year Strava analyzes data from the 120 million plus athletes who use the platform so they can spot trends and predict what lies ahead um, like I said, this year they've also surveyed just under 7,000 of their active members. So it's quite a nice data pool they've got there. That's uh, that's some nice data to be using, quite accurate and robust. So it found that women are 23% less likely to work out pre-sunrise and 8% less likely to do post-sunset activities. This was from the global data, mm. by the way, across the globe, which is not really surprising yeah eight percent is not as much as i would have thought for post sunset no well we'll come Uh, on to that in a second so yeah post post sunset being um being lower is surprising but at the same time i in some ways i think it isn't because all people who run with run clubs so i do wonder whether a lot of that is um explained by people running with friends after work or run clubs it's after work which is when a lot of people it's the only time they have so. Yeah, and I imagine the streets, especially in a city, will be a lot busier at those mm. times. So if you're thinking of winter and you're going for a six o'clock run, there's going to be more people out and about than five a.m. You know, and I, I get this. Well, I, I like I often run before sunrise, and people are like, oh, isn't that dangerous? Even though I live in like a really safe place, I don't really think about that. But it's it's you know a lot of women think about those things, uh, and men often don't have to worry about it, but women think. As about it the a lot. psychos don't get out of bed um, early. 
They don't. That's what I always think to myself. That's what. That's what's keeping me alive. <laughs> uh, but th- these this data also aligns with research that was conducted by this girl can, which is a campaign run by Sport England, and that highlighted an exercise enjoyment gap between men and women. So, th- which found that three in ten women have experienced harassment while exercising, and understandably, this is sort of impacting their participation exercise and when they choose to exercise as well. Three in ten. That shit. I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but even like three in oh, ten. Yeah. If somebody That's told you, well, if you go out for these runners, there's a three in ten chance you're going to get harassed. Yeah. You, you know, you might think twice. Um, so yeah, so what's particularly interesting I found was the differences between the results globally to the specific results within the UK. So globally, women are nine percent more likely than men to cite a lack of safe places to exercise as a barrier. Yet in the UK, that figure rises to an astonishing 160%. So women are 160% more likely than men to cite a lack of safe places to exercise as a barrier in the UK compared to 9% globally. That is insane. What uh, What is going on there? I'm really surprised by that. Like, What is going on? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that has to be a concern at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, I just said that I don't understand it. I do understand it. But what I don't understand is the UK context specifically. Like, that's quite surprising. It's quite surprising that the 9% statistic seems quite low, I think, globally. Mm. Um, and I understand people work in different national contexts and stuff. But if we're thinking, you know, globally, I'm quite surprised at that. But 160% in the UK, that is, uh, that's, that's, I, I do wonder though, because it's 2023, I do wonder whether um, recent attacks on women, um, but those sorts of attacks and, and murders, I do wonder whether that's influencing the data here and creating more, creating this, this uh, higher degree of fear in the UK in particular. But, but yeah, it's, it's like really shocking, really shocking. Oh, happy 2024. Um, anyway, Stuart, what's coming up next? Uh, I've got another candy cross race. It, oh, you know what? It's in Pembrey again, which mm-hmm. Pembrey is lovely. It's in Carmarthenshire, just past the Mclethley. It's fine, but I've been there three times in the last three months and it's like an hour and 20 minutes away, but it feels like a three hour drive for some reason. I've been there loads. I need to go there again. I don't really want to go, but I know my dog does because I know he loves racing so much. So I'm going purely for him. I'm paying the money. I'm doing the drive so he can have a race. That's that's what I'm all about. Um, yeah, so that should be fun. Uh, there's also a local fell race coming up uh, in Cardiff, and I've got a load of people to do that as well. So that should be lots of fun. So yeah, some nice, short, fast, awful, difficult racing. I, guess, I imagine the exact opposite for you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going. So I'm going on holiday next week. A jammy bastard. Yeah, I'm going to Lanzarote. Which sorry, I've been you're doing. Sorry, you're doing a heat, a winter training camp. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm doing a winter yeah, yeah. training camp in Lanzarote. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, I just wanted to play it down a bit. But yeah, I've, I've been to Lanzarote a few times before. Running's absolutely amazing out there. I always tell people like Lanzarote has a bit of a reputation, like Brits abroad, but it's amazing because the trails around there are uh, just insane. You feel like you're in some weird sort of a Mars or something. So obviously mm. it's all sort of like a volcanic and uh, I don't know a geological way to describe it. But yeah, it's really cool very quiet as well because people are often going to spend time in the sun on the beach and things like that um so when you're out on the trails you don't really see many other people it's nice and warm yeah so i'm really looking forward to it and always recommend people because you can often get like cheap trips to lanzarote this time of year i'm like 
if you want to have a trail running holiday, go Lanzarote is awesome. Yeah, and I find generally with places like that, find where the Germans go and go where they go. Don't go where the British people go. Oh, the, the few times. So there, where we stay, there's a trail that I run, um, the same trail every time I go. Like there's this amazing trail up into the mountains and stuff. And last year, I usually never see anyone on it. A few years back when I went, the last time I went, I saw two, as I was coming back, I saw two runners and they I could hear, overhear them, German. Yeah. German. Well, they, they know the nice places. Just don't go where the British people they go do. and you'll be absolutely fine. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We think Lanzarote is the, is the, uh, the island of football shirts, Brits abroad football oh, shirts. Ne- yeah. Never see so many football shirts outside of a stadium. I mean, in, you're uh, lucky in, that in they've actually, they're actually wearing shirts at all, so... Well, that's a, that's another thing. Um, yeah, so I've got that. Uh, next race will be Caffili Trail 10K in February. Ooh. So that should be good. Yeah, that'll be nice, I guess. I don't know. No, that is a nice one because that's by a company called Ridge Runners and I am now mm. working for them. So when you yes, do this 10K, yes. I will be the one in charge of your checkpoint and I will have a nice big bag of frazzles there for you. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. I've also signed up to that other one, haven't I? That other uh, Ridge Runners race, the marathon, looped marathon yeah. one, which I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to talk too much in detail because that's a little way off, but I might need some frazzles then. <laughs> Excellent. So full disclosure, I'm going to be uh, promoting these races. I want people to come and do some Ridge Runners races. And I'm just going to quickly say, the reason they do these races, they're fairly short kind of a 5k up to like marathon i think they, they will do an ultra as well at some point but it's they want to bring the ultra kind of community and feel to shorter races so like everyone it chips in an ultra they're all in it together everyone claps each other in everyone has a great time and sometimes you don't get that in shorter races so they're trying to bring that kind of thing to shorter mm. races which is a good ethos which, they're very environmental they're a proper by runners for runners kind of company that was why i really wanted to mm. kind of uh, work with them so yeah looking forward to that race i did that route the other day it is boggy and wet difficult to navigate slippery and i absolutely loved it i would i generally i kind of a bit good i'm not running the race i would absolutely love to and there's a candy cross option as well so yeah i would love to do that but I, i'll be there being all official instead i'll try and get myself a clipboard yes yeah even if there's like nothing on it just oh yeah uh, yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit runningsbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalog as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias oh first one of the year done thank fuck yay